0: on SAFM South Africa has extensive resources a well developed facility infrastructure excellent policies and I suppose strong leadership around HIV and AIDS prevention, but we are still facing age-old issues of power tradition and expected behavior around sexual intercourse. There's also the awkward conversations around negotiating the use of condoms and the power dynamic that still exists between partners. There is a belief that using condoms promotes promiscuity, particularly in marriages and with teens. There are numerous benefits to using condoms of course, and the responsibility rests on both males and females. Female condoms have Sorry, female condoms have many of the same advantages as male condoms. The use of condoms is effective in maintaining women's health, in the prevention of unintended pregnancy, as well as against sexually transmitted infections. But it still remains a struggle to have that conversation about condoms. What did the condom do? Lesecha asks. Another one that she does, why do people not use it? Dr. Bulum gofu program director at Beyond Zero. What is the answer to that question? What did the condom do? Why don't people use it?
1: Good evening San Good evening to your listeners too. Uh, this is a very very important debate. You um, know South Africa currently with more than eight million people who are HIV positive and about five million of them are on treatment. but despite that, we still have about two hundred and twenty two thousand new infections every year and about thirty four percent affects the young girls and adolescent, uh, adolescent girls and young women. So this conversation is very, very important, and why uh, are South Africans not using condoms? So um, I'd like to classify that there are many factors, but we need to take a step back and understand that condoms on their own are a biomedical intervention, but the behavioral component is on the use of the condom. So condoms are, are, are not as useful if they are not used so they're only becoming effective when they are used so there is a behavioral component that is at play when it comes to not using condoms and the other important component are all the structural factors that are involved that is how society perceived people who are using condoms so those three components are very very important so we're using a biomedical intervention that depends on the behavioral uh factors that is influenced by structural factors.
0: Let's talk about the lost, the structural factors. Do you want to unpack that for us, please?
1: Sure. Structural factors would be things like, um, do we talk about these, the rel- religious beliefs? So in many religious communities, the condom is associated with immoral and sinful behavior, uh, where we don't want to talk about these issues of uh, HIV prevention, more so on... Um, Condom usage, because it seems as if we are promoting fornication, uh, we can't include information about condoms within the church structures because of that uh, belief. Um, also, within the... Structure sorry,
0: I'm th- sorry to interrupt you, Dr. Fuchani. Just as you're talking about church structures, do you believe, therefore the Roman Catholic Church is destructive in the fight against HIV and AIDS and other sexually transmitted infections because they have a zero tolerance or belief on condoms. It might have changed, but still, for the longest time at least, it was that.
1: I believe that the church community at large needs to play a pivotal role when it comes to HIV prevention strategies, including all the biomedical interventions of which condom Uh, promotion is part of them. So we need to start to talk and engage in these discussions, as much as they seem to be sensitive, without mentioning a specific domination, but the entire church community or religious community, we need to put these messages at the forefront. If we can't talk about these at church, where can we talk about them? We find people, we find young people in churches, we found men having sex with men in churches, we found transgenders, we find sex workers people who are vulnerable to HIV and AIDS will find them in churches. If we're not going to promote now the HIV prevention strategies within these structures, we will lose some of these people.
0: Ms. Nelisi Wetlope, you are the Cluster Programs Manager for KwaZulu-Natal, Gauteng and Limpopo at the Seoul City Institute. How much of what you have just heard by Dr. Bulumko Fuchana of Beyond Zero, specifically tackling structural factors, have you engaged in KwaZulu-Natal, in Gauteng, in Limpopo in terms of some of the things that you really want to change, people have firm beliefs on them and they are quite opposite to tackling ultimately the question of Sexually transmitted infections that are taking place because of the limited or absent use of condoms. Uh,
2: good evening, and to listeners. listeners. Um, I will totally agree with uh, the previous speaker around uh, mentioning the structural factors as contributing to people not using condoms. But I'll even be more specific that the number of girls that we work with, we run a program in schools and out of school courses called the Rise Young Women's Club. And some of the feedback that has given us is that a lot of young women are involved with older men in their relationships, and therefore they are not able to negotiate uh, safer sex use or condom use. So I will even go beyond just the religious, um, you know, and it's more specific to say our society is male-dominated, um, and a lot of men, patriarchy specifically, uh, men feel that they own women, and in a sexual relationship, most women are uh, unable to negotiate safer sex. And a lot of times, some of the of the women depend on men for you know for survival. They provide for the family, you know, financial and economic you know relationships come in there. So mm. yes, I will I will agree with him that structural drivers contribute to people not using uh, condoms. And we need to look at at this problem in a, in a much broader way and really look at the power dynamics in relationships uh, that contribute to women who are not able to you know, to negotiate safer sex safe use. Um, Let's with, talk about... Earlier on, there's an mm-hmm. issue around the infection rate among young women and girls between the ages of 15 and 24 that, you know, on a weekly basis there's 1,300 girls that are infected with HIV. And in our... You know, engagement with the girls, these structural issues, especially power dynamics in relationships, become a dominant contributing factor to the problem.
0: In terms of engaging these structural factors, certainly late 90s, early 2000s to the mid, There were seriously strong campaigns. You had your love life. You had Soul City, the institute, and you had Soul City, the television series program. You had President Nelson Mandela at the time, certainly was former president, having concerts for 6664 with the message around the fight against HIV and AIDS. Mass promotion of condom usage at just about every public health institutional facility there were condoms. Why then still are we battling with structural factors, because a lot of this is psychological, cultural, belief, whatever you call it. Why has sex and condoms, the combination thereof and everything else that talks about a healthy sexual environment in this country largely not been normalized? What is the absence there such that the insistence still on these structural factors has such a stranglehold on the progress that is desired by the country?
2: I mentioned earlier on that there is economic factors, so issues of bread and butter, so you find women who are in relationships with men and um you know they know that they might be at risk of being infected, but because they depend economically on the men for you know to provide, so they are not able to you know to to get out of their that relationship or even to negotiate safer sex in in their relationship so Our the economic conditions that faces young women and girls and even women generally have not changed um, over the past uh, 20 years and actually it's even getting worse and hence uh, you know the infection rate is still very high and the use of condom is actually gone down because of those uh, you know structural factors Um, culture religion that my my colleague mentioned earlier on they contribute in this uh, issue so. We haven't, in you know, really, made much, much difference in changing, you know, the economic conditions of women and young girls. Hence, our program is also emphasizing to ensure that girls complete school or stay at school, because research has shown that if young women continue with school or complete school, they are much more, uh, you know, they are less likely to be infected and, uh, you know, affected by HIV. So. Some of the programs that we are implementing is about uh, mobilizing young women and empowering young women to ensure that, you know, they finish school and they are able to stand up for themselves. But it can only happen when they are economically depend, I mean, uh, depend, um, independent and being able to provide for themselves and not depend on men for survival.
0: Dr. Fuchane, from what you have said earlier on and what Ms. Nelisi Westlope, the Cluster Programs Manager for KZNGP and Limpopo at Sol City Institute, has said in partial response to what you had said earlier on, at least in this exchange, I get the feeling of view that the one who has purchase in this transaction or in this exchange of sexual intercourse between male and female, and I'm not exactly discounting what sexual Intercourse as an enterprise has come to involve and has always involved male and male, female and female. But generally speaking, let's just keep it between male and female for the purposes of this point. The one who has the ascendancy in the exchange or in the structure is the male. So if you correct by and large the second indicator, behavior, if you corrected the behavior of the man, a lot of the outcomes would be better for South Africa. What would you say in response to that?
1: The the biggest question is how do we correct that behavior? I believe that there are four components that are important here when it comes to condom usage. and um, The first one is getting condoms to the people of which the government has done that condoms are readily available almost in every government department. Secondly is getting people to the condoms This one is talking about building awareness about the value of condoms and also increasing the demand. The third and most important is getting people to use condoms correctly and consistently. Yes, people are using condoms. Are they using them correctly? Are they using them consistently? But fourth and most importantly is how do we strengthen the position of women to have a say when it comes to sexual practices? That's where I think we need to get more. Besides talking about addressing the behavior of um, of men, but mm. how do we strengthen women to have a say when it comes to sexual intercourse and sexual preferences. So, that's where I, 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 I talk about disempowerment. I think uh, Nelisheva did touch with this, very, very um, covered this quite well. Because the decision to use condoms is controlled by, women, by men. And there's this tacit agreement of the female partners. And this tacit agreement is what we men believe that We um, um, we, we, men, we believe that women have agreed without saying a word. So this is very, very important because it borders now on the gender-based power inequalities that we talked about. So government has tried to introduce female condoms. We were trying to transfer the power to women to have a say when it comes to HIV prevention services compared to um, male condoms. Because we know that women have been disproportionately affected by HIV, both in terms of infection rates of individuals and also the social burden of caring for the sick. So it's very, very important that we empower women and make sure that women have a say when it comes to some of these issues, when it comes to sex. That's where we try to balance now the inequalities when it comes to sex and sex, uh, sexual activities.
0: Is there enough I'm talking about now pointed sexual education, where you engage people, men, women, particularly young people at schools and at universities. Is there enough from a cursory glance at the curriculum in terms of the social programs and generally speaking, the content that is driven on television and other forms of media? Is there enough education about sex HIV and AIDS, sexually transmitted illnesses or disease, such that, as a society, we can embrace not just the recreational facility that sex is all about, but also the health indicator that it is. Dr. Fuchan. So um, there will never be enough Sanghaza. Uh, I believe that we can do more.